Welcome to Camp Sunday, everybody. Um, it's been a full week since we've all been back. Sarah, you're going to have to come up here and join us too. You're part of this team. And so we had a total of, I believe, 11 people, eight kids and three adults that attended camp this year. And we went away two Sundays ago and came back on Saturday. So it was a full seven days that we were away. And uh, we've been back home for a week. Hopefully, parents have seen some life change in your children. If not, we'll have to just keep sending them. <laughs> it's not a bad thing, actually. It's not a bad thing at all. Um, I believe spiritual development is an ongoing thing. But, um, you know, one week has gone by, and uh, it was a wonderful experience. Uh, was, it, was, it, was it good? Was it great, kids? Or? Yeah, that feels better. That feels better. Um, when uh, Tanya came to pick up Zach, uh, and when they first uh, reunited, Zach was like, Mom, what did you say? We're going back next year. We're going back next year. Um, and I know for a lot of the kids, they have a lot of positive things to say. Um, I'm just going to introduce what camp was about this year. Let me say this was 26, the 26th year, or at least the 26th year that the same director has been leading it. So we're talking a couple of decades of summer camp. Um, and the camp has grown in the last few years. This past year was the biggest camp ever. There were over 200 people on the premises and it, uh, with, with no sign of slowing down. It was only going to continue growing. And so um, every year there's a different theme. This year our summer camp partnered with, with, within our denomination, the Hindustani Covenant Church, which is a covenant church in India. And we had the daughter of the president of the Hindustani Covenant Church in India. Her name is Praj David, Prajakta David. And she actually works in Chicago for covenant offices. And so she came down and spent the week with us um, at camp and introduced us to the theme, which is called, and if you can pull that up, kids, how do you say it? Seva. Seva. Seva, Jesus style. Can everybody see? Am I in the way? Seva, Jesus style. Seva is an Indian word for, for selfless service. And you can see this description in your bulletin. It's actually a Sanskrit word, meaning selfless service or work performed without any thought of reward or repayment. In ancient India, seva was believed to help one's spiritual growth and at the same time contribute to the improvement of a community. This is the art of giving with no need to receive where the act itself is a gift to everyone involved. Seva is the art of blessed action and selfless service. Now, we tied this in and connected it with the Christian gospel, and we had five days, five days of themes, all connected with the Seva theme. Now, Monday, let's see if you guys remember your Bible memory verses, okay? Monday, the theme was... Pick me first, pick me first, pick me first. So we tried to illustrate to the children, to the 200 kids and adults present, that we're all really innately quite selfish, are we not? We're very selfish. Pick me first. And the verse, uh, Dale paraphrased it, so we're going to go by his paraphrase from Mark chapter 10, verse 37. I'm going to start it off. You guys are going to have to help me finish it, okay? I don't remember. You'll remember, Jesus, when you sit on your throne, we want to sit in places of honor 
next to you. One on the right and the other on the left. But Jesus said, are you kidding me? And so the whole thing was about this kind of glory grabbing that we see in Mark chapter 10, where Jesus is saying, you know, we're, this is about to happen. The kingdom of God is going to be made real and visible in your midst. And the disciples said, oh, uh, can I sit on your left and on your right? And in an act of kind of selfish glory grabbing, and come on, I know this is like Camp Sunday, but adults, do we not all relate to that? You go to work when you are part of a committee or if you sit on a board, we're always thinking about how we can advance ourselves, right? Well, Seva is the to total opposite spirit of that. And on Tuesday, we get to the place where instead of saying, pick me first, we're realizing that a whole life spent saying, pick me first, ooh, 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 me first, me first, actually leads to what? On Tuesday. Broken. The theme on Tuesday was broken. It leaves us broken. And so the verse, the memory verse for Tuesday, Mark chapter 10, verse 42, was when Jesus called the disciples together and said, guys, listen, men and women, the rulers of this world, this is how the world does it. The rulers lord it over their people. They will use politics. They will use Machiavellian scheming. They will find ways to get ahead but what Jesus teaches is that's not the way. That's not the way it's going to be. You will be broken. So let's recite that verse together, kids. Jesus called them together and said. Okay, we got to do this together, okay? And I hear this side. It's not full surround sound. All together, one, two, three. Jesus called them together and said, the rulers of this world lord it over their people and politicians flaunt their authority over those under them mark 10 42 that's right sorry about that mark 10 42 so we started off talking about selfishness how we all say ooh, ooh, me and then the more we do that we realize the more i get my own way i actually end up kind of broken by wednesday and you're getting deep into the week and kids are starting to dreadlock their hair, and they're starting to smell a little musty, and the camp spirit is beginning to catch on, we hear the message of different. Jesus says, you will be different. Kids, help me out here. You will be different. Whoever wants to be the leader must be a servant, and whoever wants to be first must be the slave of everyone else. Mark 10, 43, 44. 44. And so here you have the essence of the Jesus message, where the world, where the world leads by shoving its oar in, by saying, me first, I, my way, or the highway. Like that Frank Sinatra song, I did it my way, you know. Jesus shows us that that way actually is a way to harm and to destruction. And he shows us how to be different. And he says, you're going to be different. But Jesus doesn't just preach to them. He leads by example. And by Thursday, in my opinion, was the most powerful day and the most tearful, tearful day. We had what we call at camp our cry night on Thursday. Where Jesus didn't just preach and say, you will be different. He showed them. 
Because even Jesus, even Jesus became a servant and a slave and gave his life up. And so the verse for Thursday was Mark 10.45. Kids, help me out here. Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so what Jesus... 10:45. And so what Jesus did on the cross those 2,000 years ago, he didn't just teach us, he put it into action. And he showed thousands of years of people how to live, how to live a different way. And he led by example, even Jesus, even Jesus. And after our cry night, after kids made rededications and some dedications for the first time, and you'll hear about that. I, I'll keep it anonymous, but I will say that two of our own children made a decision at camp to become Christians. And I saw many others in some form or another have a very powerful, intimate moment. I saw them come forward. I saw them dedicate. We had this one skit. I think it was on Tuesday. Uh, broken. The theme was broken. And we had kids, full audience, and the counselors, we were holding these pots. And you know, kids, you learn constantly you're not supposed to break things. Don't spill your juice. Don't tip it over. But we deliberately let go and dropped the pots. And each pot smashed on the floor. And the kids gasped as we talked about our brokenness. And by Thursday, when we took a shard, each child took a shard of that broken pottery and came forward and laid before the cross and dedicated their own brokenness to the Lord. We had a very powerful moment that Thursday evening. By Friday, the end is in sight. And as we got ready to go home on Saturday morning, we had the last theme, which was, which was, now what? What do we do now? Now that we have this message in earthen vessels, jars of clay, as it says, what do we have to do? We have to share the message. We have to share the gospel. And so in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the last verse was, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Acts 1.8. That, that one's harder to remember because it, was, it broke away from the Mark passages, and it was on Friday. By Friday, everybody remembered Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, but Friday was the last one. But you see, the message here is you will share the story. You're going to tell the story. It's more caught than it's taught. People will see the light inside of you, this little light of mine. It will touch numerous people, not just people here in Katy, but all the people of all. It talks about Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. This camp is recognized, not just in Texas, but around the country as one of the most diverse camps. Um, and you see quite literally, you will be witnesses and you'll tell people everywhere. Jerusalem, Judea, the north, the south, the east, the west, people of all ethnicities. It started out as a largely Caucasian camp, and then the black churches joined 
and then the Hispanic churches joined. And in the last three years, the Asian churches joined. And what you really see is an incredible picture of heaven. It isn't just like this thing where, you know, the black and the white kids know how to get down, and then the Asian kids are kind of the wallflowers standing on the side. This is something where everybody says, come on. They take you by the hand, and they invite you into the huddle, right, Autumn? She can testify. Everybody on the dance floor, everybody worshiping God together, and there's this feeling of warmth. The kingdom of God is real, friends, and you see it at camp. And uh, just to kind of give a foretaste, in weeks to come, we're talking about starting a new series through the book of Ephesians. And the book of Ephesians talks about this picture of diversity in greater degree. So more to come. But you know what? I want to show a slideshow. And this is why I have all the kids here. Because I'd like for you guys um, to stand up. And I don't want to narrate the slideshow alone. I'd like you guys to describe what is going on in these crazy pictures. You're hanging from ropes very high above the ground or you're in these projectile devices and there are some parents here of very small children, right Sarah? You're like, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna send my kids to that where they're doing these crazy things. So we're going to, and I will say in 26 years of camp, there hasn't really been any significant injuries. Um, only to adults, typically a 40-year-old men thinking they can do what small children can do. This is not the case. Even Garth did the blob, and Garth is like 90. No, he's not. Um, so let's, let's fire up the slideshow, and if I say pause, we'll kind of just, so no background music, but we're going to narrate this. So this is, I'm, I've tried to put this in chronological order from day one once we got there, they had this huge slip and slide on the field. That's just the personality of camp. Um, I hurt my head. I hurt my head. Pause. <laughs> what? what is, you're not helping my cause here. Fell down. Fell down. What is that white stuff that they're shooting that at? That is shaving cream. Shaving cream. So, you know, right from the get-go, they really try to get the kids open and out of themselves. Angelina, I know you were in there. And was that your way of kind of meeting kids on the slip and slide? Hey, my name is Angelina. Whoop. <laughs> All right, fire it up. So slip and slide. Um, and all the kids, they had snow cones on the first day. This is Sunday afternoon. Um, there's Angelina getting introduced to everybody at camp. Of course, um, oh, yeah, that looks really good. That's, what, that's why adults should not attempt this kind of stuff. Me, I stayed out of it. I stayed out of that whole business. I was running around getting ready for camp. Sunday was a very exhausting day. That's me, getting ready for worship. I love these pictures. Sarah and her co-counselor, Kelsey. Um, Kelsey grew up in camp. Kelsey started off in camp, I think like Zoe's age, and she just went to college at camp. So the last day of camp, she went off to college. And so this is, this is Kelsey who grew up in camp, and she was co-counselor with, where is Sarah? Oh, there you are. She was your co-counselor. Yeah, it's a great picture. All right. Um, of course, we had a lot of skits, a lot of um, humiliating things done to me and four or five other adults. It was adults. hilarious. It was what? It was, it was hilarious. Why it was, was it hilarious? Because you ate monk. Yeah, you sprayed everyone in the audience with gogurt. Blue gogurt. It was supposed to be larva and guts. And then you and then you had that dream of the larva, and then the larva grew out of your chest. <laughs> yeah. 
And then also precious from Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah. All of this has spiritual significance, by the way. It's not just like we just decided to do these random skits that had, they all had meaning. Um, actually, the skit uh, premise was, uh, it was cool because we, we took the uh, Lost theme and they even, they turned it into Seva. And they started off with the Lost music and previously on Lost, previously on Seva. And it was a story where a bunch of missionaries who were really, really selfish were going to India to teach them the gospel, right? But of course, our plane crashes and uh, we realize just how selfish we really are over the course of five days. And these skits, which come up, we come up with at about 11.30 p.m. at night in a state of delirium and uh, really trippy stuff. But the kids love it. We do it for the kids. So that's the program team. If you can keep scrolling forward, the program team. Um, but aside from the program team, we had, we had a ton of counselors. So along with a program team, you, you have per cabin. Help me out here, Donnie. Two counselors per cabin, but also two counselors in leadership training. We had three. Three. So five counselors to a cabin of how many kids? So you're talking all, a ratio of one counselor to two kids, something like that. And it's cool because kids who grow up in camp, in the pipeline, when they hit, is it Peter, 10th grade? Or 9th? 10th grade. If you're going into 10th grade, you're eligible to be a SILF. Right. 9th grade. If you're going into 9th grade, you're going to 9th grade now. So 10th grade. So next summer, Peter's eligible to be a SILF, and we've been having some really good conversations about that. And so if you're in 10th, 11th, 12th grade, you can become a counselor in training. And then after that, you know, there's, there's the pipeline. So, yeah, that's the program team. And there's a lot more people who were really a part of this. You can see the diversity, a glimpse of the diversity there as well. Um, you know. So here's the fun stuff. It's a, a long section. Just keep letting it flow of our kids having a good time. Um, Riflery. Riflery, shooting sharp objects. <laughs> the, all of these are well chaperoned, I assure you. <laughs> Is that Nick? Hey, Nick. <laughs> Everybody say hi to Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi, Nick. Nick was at camp with us. Nick was my roommate. Nick is here. All right. Good to see you, Nick. Here for Camp Sunday. Everybody uh, get to know Nick. Nick's a good guy. Uh, there's Vivi having a good time. Um, and uh, it was great to just see their smiles, especially the new kids um, that were here at camp. Um, oh, I made it halfway through the rock walls. So rock walls, firing, you know, uh, weapons. <laughs> And things like that. All of these are heavily chaperoned. So I want you to understand, you're not going to see a kid say, hey, I hit the target, guys. Look at that. You're not going to see any of that. And in 26 years, none of that has ever happened. Right, Nick? Right. Yeah, it's just pretty, pretty sure. Here's our um, obligatory, hold, hold on. Uh, Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies picture by mid of the week, mid midweek. Everybody gets kind of feral. And... Um, Lots of animals, cats, dogs, they're all safe, um, vaccinated. You don't have to worry about that. Um, the kids just love the animals. They love the kids. There's Elias. Um, Charlie's there in the back as well. Keep, keep uh, scrolling. Anybody want to talk about this? Uh, oh, yeah. This is the cat. His name is Jackson. He, like, 
In the middle of the night, he saw a cat. He would run out of our cabin and go pick up the cat. Yeah, like, like right, yeah. like out of nowhere, he would see a cat and he would like pick it up and refuse to put it down for like the rest of the day. Yeah, like these, we had like pry them apart. These are not stray animals, by the way. There's actually there's just a lot of um, you know domesticated animals. Some people live at camp and those are their pets. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's we fire through horse pictures, horseback riding. The kids loved horseback riding. Any, you guys want to talk about that? You guys want to talk about horseback riding? Yeah. I got bit by a horse fly. <laughs> by a horse fly. Oh, yeah, a horse fly on your right here. Horse fly. Lots of um, water activities. Uh, I'll talk about the pool that they built. There was an incident, um, which I, I, won't, I won't describe here, but they built the pool in response to that. Um, our campers are always safe every year. Um, but the pool actually, um, it allowed kids to really kind of dive in without some of the infections and stuff that they might get from the lake. So. There's Zachary. There's Zach. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they're loading up to... Oh, yeah, that's what's loading up on the water weenie. The water water weenie. weenie! What's a water weenie? Austin got stranded. <laughs> we got thrashed, trashed, tossed. So talk about it, kids. Talk about it. Okay. So a water weenie is a big inflatable device. That is one. You ride on it. It's pulled by a boat. And the boat um, does, like, sharp turns so that the water weenie bounces in the wake of the boat. And you get thrown off. It's really fun. All right. It's it was one time where I was on it, and I went flying off of the water weenie. It is typically for older, older campers. Charlie got a mild concussion. Not helping, my, not helping. Um, we the boat um the the wire was cut off so we had to so um, my friend made a joke and he said let's eat uh, this kid first. Oh, you're, <laughs> but, you're stranded. Yeah. Um, so typically it is for the older kids. It is it is typically for the older kids, but the awesome. younger ones, um, even my own kids, did they, they didn't go anywhere near that thing. I didn't even have to tell them stay away. They just they just they just don't. They don't. Um, it's not that bad. There's a lot of other things as well that the kids really love that have to do with water. Like they have wakeboarding. Hey, they have like at Lake Maverick this device that pulls you. Anyway. I'm good at that. Tubing. All right. So let me show you um, what the counselors eat while the kids are eating gru <laughs> gruel in the cafeteria. I'm just kidding. Back up for a second. Not um, fair. Being a counselor actually does have, it, have its perks because on Thursday or Friday night, um, Arneel... Uh, up in Dallas, he cooks this amazing uh, brisket for the counselors in the silts. So you want to be a counselor because we have awesome ice cream parties and stuff like that. You didn't get the brisket? That must have been for the silts. That must have been for the silts. Yeah, you have pizza and ice cream. Now, the kids um, eat in the cafeteria. The cafeteria is one of my favorite times because I just enjoy eating. The food is it's, it's okay. Um, uh, but just it's, hanging it's out together, okay. hanging out together, you know, uh, over the meals is so special. fun. It's awesome. Now, our kids it's don't fun. always, you can see Charlie Peter there, soaking it in. Peter was one of the big men on campus, awesome. guys, this like year. The, the rice is kids. crunchy. No, so, it's it's so like you see them eating on the floor? That's how they eat every, no, I'm just kidding. Um, they don't kidding. usually eat like that, but they're eating on the floor because, I think, was it Thursday when we did the? Yeah, it was Thursday. Pause. Crunchy fries. 
You're like starving. So part of our part of our immersion we also experience. also had to trade food. We like starved that. All right, and then so someone dumped all his rice on my plate. All right, <laughs> Sarah, do you want to talk about it? Yeah. That was Sawyer. That was Sawyer. Okay, kids, hold on. All right, give it a break. Never. I'm talking to my kids. Not we had cake. Uh, so part of our immersion experience, you know, they did several experiences. Like, do you guys remember the water project? How about somebody over boring. there? Yeah, somebody over there, Angelina, tell us about the water project. Like the water project? You remember what project? The water bucket, we had to, like, carry a really big bucket with water in it. We had to walk, like, five minutes to the station. <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> it felt like five minutes to me. Well, they say so. It was the experience of, of what people around the world, you know, water is, the clean water as, a, as an accessible thing. You know, for us, we just turned the hose on and we let it run. But the kids got to learn a little bit about that. Now, mind you, they were, you have counselors always hovering over them. Right, Nick, with water and sun, sunblock and, no, no, Nick's not helping me either. <laughs> I felt but like typically, yeah, the kids are well hydrated, but we got a chance to show them how to, um, or got to show them what it was like for people that don't have access to clean water. We also gave them a chance to um, experiment, with, try, experience Indian food and eating Indian style. It was good. So they're eating on the food. It was terrible. But then no, after, it they had it this was horrible. I, I hated it. I did not like. It was horrible. We started dressing up the counselors. I missed this. I have to take a shower. Somebody talk about this. Somebody talk about this. Freddie did push-ups. Yeah. Um, so the counselors, we had, like, uh, a fashion show. We had to, like, uh, put, like, like, fabric on our counselor to make it look like an Indian, like, wearing kind of thing. Uh, yeah. And then we did a fashion show for it. Yeah. So. And then after that, what happened? Well, they had a fashion show. And all the counselors came up with all of their crazy costumes on, and they did some things. Austin's counselor like whipped his hair around. Uh, my counselor, mine and Charlie's counselor, did, Freddie. He did push-ups. Yeah, he did like one-handed push-ups. Because he didn't want to dance. No. That's probably why. Oh, we also had a photo booth for people that wanted to. Some do of these it. pictures. That was Zoe's counselor. Some of these, yeah, they love their counselors by the end of camp. Like, they have very tearful goodbyes. And um, the, uh, the costume party is a big, a big highlight every year at camp. The theme next year is colors. Joseph's multicolored coat from Genesis. And uh, I think we're going to have some fun with that. Kids, you want to dye your hair? I will. Lizette. Lizette says I approve. That's Praj. <laughs> that's Praj. That's Praj, right. right. That's Praj. That's you saw Praj, Praj right. from uh, the Hindu Standing Covenant right. Church who works in Chicago with our denomination for <gasps> tie-dye shirts. We'll, we'll talk about that. Here's, here's Garth and Dixie. Um, Garth is our conference superintendent, so he's my pastor. And uh, he's a wonderful, wonderful man. Um, 
lives up in Arkansas, and I think Garth is in his 60s. Oh my gosh. But even he, you know, you know, you can see Garth just kind of really just, you know, letting his hair down and you know, jumping Lake, off the at, blob. Yeah, like at Lake, Lake Maverick, he did like the blob, the slide, uh, the zip line. Zach fell like off everything. Yeah. Yeah. I Charlie blobbed me like face first into the water. Yeah. So this is how you know you have an awesome denomination. When the leaders of the denomination will just kind of get down and dirty with the kids. The blob is so scary. This, these are the so kids getting tattoos. No, it wasn't. Yeah? Real ink. I can't. Hannah. Hannah tattoos. So uh, Praj was, uh, you know, giving Hannah tattoos too. <laughs> was always long. They probably wear off. By, by the time you go to school. Off. Hang on, these are the silts. You can see how intimidating they are. These are like the juniors and the seniors in high school. And these are the counselors in leadership training. And um, they're scary. Not. <laughs> Next no. picture. No. They're really awesome. Um, that's um, Jen DeCastro in the front is the silt trainer. Actually, there's there's a couple of... there's. Jen and Arneel, I believe, are the trainers for the silts, so there's a lot of training. Yes? I was going to say something about the silts. Uh, three of my campers from last year that were in the seventh and ninth grade cabin uh, ended up being silts in my cabin and silts in Charlie's cabin. So it's really cool to see how they grew up from last year to this year and became leaders. Because at first I was kind of, kind of down, i got to admit. I was like, fifth and sixth grade boys instead of high schoolers? I don't know about that, because that's what I had last year. And then... Uh, one of the three guys were in my cabin. I'm like, I wouldn't have had the same guys anyway, but they're with me leading, so it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, we have one one of our kids, teenagers, is eligible to be a silt next year, and I think he'll talk about that himself. But silt, once again, if, if you're like, what in the world is a silt? C-I-L-T stands for counselor, counselor in leadership training. So that's what we mean by silt. They actually help the counselors. More water stuff so we can kind of circulate through these. By the end of the week, you know, they had, I mean, there, there, there were so many different activities. That's Dale. Pause here. I want you guys to meet Dale, not just Garth, but Dale, who led this camp for 26 years. Dale has been in the front of this camp for 26 years. He's always getting down and dirty with the kids. Um... Dale helped me, personally, really come out of my shell. He and, looks terrified. And uh, I, can't speak en I can't speak enough about this man. Um, he has a very kind of theatrical, kind of big persona. Um, but at the same time, he, he goes really deep. And the kids, were, the kids, they say, Dale makes us cry. Because by Thursday night, when he leads the service, and he preaches, and, he, you know, it really drives the message home. He's been doing this for a long time, and I think those 26 years, I think, are a good testimony, a very good testimony. And he's going to, he, he's nowhere, he's not planning on going that's anywhere. That's Freddie. That's Dale me will. and Zach's counselor on the left. Tell us, Freddie started going to camp when? Uh, second grade. Yeah, first grade. been here for 13 years. You've been going to camp and for 13 years? You yeah. can do that? Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. And Freddie is how old now? He is 19. And Actually, this is funny because, Nick, you grew up with Freddie. Aren't you guys like the same age? Nick, Nick goes to Hope.
Yeah, so Nick, Freddie, Brad, and Peter, you were with them. And so Nick and Freddie grew up in camp and went through SILT training. He did. And, and have become counselors and have continually come back. Along the way, let me tell you about Brad, the man on the right. Brad watched his kid go to camp and see his kid get religion and his wife get religion. And, uh, you know, he said, I'm going to disprove Christianity. So on the way to work one day, he was listening to, I think it was Charles Stanley or something. And by the time he got home, he was crying. And he walked through the door and he said, honey, I'm sorry about everything I said about the church. Um, I think I just got saved. <laughs> and so he became a Christian. I think that's the story, right? And he became a Christian, and he started going to camp as a counselor and has gone now for how many years? Six years. And um, More than you. for him, it's a highlight of his year. He works and gets limited numbers of days off. He every year, every year after year, sacrifices his, his uh, vacation time to be there as a counselor. The kids love him, and I can't speak enough about this man. Big heart. He's one of the uh, founding members, or one of the key point members, rather, of Hope, Hope Covenant Church, which meets up in spring. And uh, when we have our annual reunion, which I think is in the fall or sometime in the winter, he is the man behind the grill. He prepares the brisket, so we have a reunion coming up. So that's Brad and Freddie. So the last day, closing day, always very tearful. Um, Lizette with a photo bomb. <laughs> lots of, you know, um, lots of singing, lots of dancing. So, kids, if you could take a seat right now. If you could take a seat. I uh, was going to interview you, but I think a lot of you got a chance to speak already. But I want to invite up two people at this time, um, one counselor and one camper, to share their own testimony about camp. Uh, I don't want to mess up this mic. Can Sang or somebody help me just elevate it? So that, do I just fully release it before I do that? And I'm going to invite Peter, if you can come forward and share your testimony about what happened for you at camp. And if we could give Peter our attention. Peter, are you nervous? All right, good. Good man. Um, I got to see, I'm not going to speak for Peter, but I got to see God do amazing things in his life. Um, over the course of three years. Really, I've known Peter and his family for seven years. Um, but every summer at camp, to see him open up more and more. You know, we, I heard this thing growing up that you should, go to you should go to camp and be changed. And it almost as if going back year after year is a crutch. I don't believe that at all. I don't think going to camp once is... It, it's not supposed to be the one event that changes us. Of course, we become Christians, but going back year after year, I think it opens 
you know, it's like a flower that gradually begins to open. And over the last three years at camp, I saw Peter not just open up, but on Thursday night have a really intimate moment. And so I'm going to let him speak for himself. Hi. Hi. Um. <laughs> Hi, Peter. Oh, um, the past three years I've been going to camp, and I think this one was the, the best one because... This year I got to open up a little bit more than the other years I have been. And um, I really liked it too. I mean, they had a lot of fun stuff. And um, there, was, there was two stories I told. And when I opened up, I felt like they gave me a lot of respect and they gave, they gave me their attention. And after I told, their story, told my stories, they, they prayed for me, um, and when they prayed for me, I was in the cabin when I told the story. I was crying, too, um, when, and I told another, another story in the chapel, and um, we just gave each other amens, not applauses, uh, they were trying to keep it like, I don't know. I guess, um, but I love this camp, and I love the people in it. Um, there were some rough times, and I shared those stories, and I felt free after. Instead of holding all that stuff in my heart, I let it go, and the first um, yeah, it was July 4th, that day, last, I mean, this last July 4th on Independence Day, I had gave my life to Jesus, um, because I kept going through some problems, and it, it felt like it kept happening over and over again, so I just, I just gave it up and gave it all to Jesus, hoping for a miracle, and when I went to camp, I felt like uh, felt like he was working something in me. And that's why I liked it this year. Good, man. Good. You're not done yet. You're not done yet. So I, on Thursday, I got to see you come forward. Uh, I got to see you boldly stand up in front of the whole camp and share your testimony. I was blown away. And then I saw you come forward and bring your shard. Can you tell us just a little bit about what that felt like, what you felt at that moment, what you gave to God? Um, they told us to write some, two things down on that shard. One thing, when we go back home, what do, what do we not want to happen? And um, I think the other thing, what uh, we want to happen and make us let us change in our life. Um, I put those things down, and I really wrote from my heart what I didn't want to happen and what I really wanted. And I wrote it down. I went up front. I prayed, and then I placed the shard down. And um, Pastor Wayne come, came up to me. He gave me a hug, and he looked me in my eyes. And uh, it was a good time. It was a good moment. 
Yeah, just, can I tell you, watching your kids, I get the distinct privilege to be, to bear witness to very holy moments, very holy moments that it's unfortunate you don't get to see it, but as their pastor, being present, seeing what happens to every one of these kids, it's incredibly powerful. It's incredibly powerful, yeah. And I got to see Peter, and you know, we hugged it out for a long time, and we cried it out. Now, that's camp, but you're back to reality. How are you, you, you talked about how you, you put on the shard what you don't want to happen when you go back home. How are you staying strong in your faith one week after? Man, I've been trying to change. I've been reading the Bible a lot more. Yeah. Every morning. I've been thanking God that he gave me another life. I'm trying not to be selfish. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to help more at my house. Just um, being thankful. And I mean, uh, I think I've been selfish, even though I've been trying not to. But I mean, I think if you try, then it's, it's not so bad. So I, I called uh, Maricela this week. If I can, can I, sh can I share that? I called Maricela this week just to, you know, with the parents and saying, you got to make sure to bring, they bring the t-shirt and, you know, Peter's going to share on Sunday. Are you okay with that? And Maricela, she says, you know, he's been reading his Bible every day. What, what happened to him? <laughs> so what, what happened to him? He's reading his Bible every day. Um, this is real, friends. It's real. It's real, and uh, we want you to know that, you know, your church community is, is going to surround you and Lizette and your family, and um, there's more, because it doesn't just end this year. What's happening next year, Peter? Talk about that. I don't know what's happening next year, but I know there's a thing called Colors. No, no, no. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's another, there's another camp I want to go to. It's called Chick, um, and... I forgot what it stands for. Covenant High right. in Christ. Yeah. Um, I want to go there because there's, um, there's a lot more people. And, I mean, the way they described it, it sounds like a lot of fun. And it, sound, it looks like a big place. And um, I'm going to try and work hard and get my, try my best to get there, save up. I want to go to both of the camps next year. But you're too old for camp, for Mid-South camp next year. Oh, I'm going to be a silt next year. Oh, he's going to be a silt. You sure about that? Yeah. All right, man. He's going to be a silt next year. So, listen. <laughs> Chick Covenant High in Christ is like Mid-South camp, except they rent out the entire campus of the University of Tennessee. And we take a bus. Uh, we Texas, all of, our, all of the kids that grow up in camp, we get on a smelly bus together. And we drive all the way, picking up along the way, Austin, Houston, Dallas, so on and so forth. And then we end up in Tennessee. And uh, it's like camp, but for high schoolers. Um, no, it's going to be a lot more longer than that. And so the, 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 the fundraiser, t-shirt fundraiser that Austin was talking about, we had some ideas about how we can fund this thing. Um, Brad said he'd pay you to cut his grass, too. You going to take him up on that? <laughs> And then after that, 
what happens after Chick is that's when Mid-South Camp happens and he wants to do a doubleheader, go to Chick, and then after that come back as a silk. Um, and I'm going to try to keep up with you. So I think I'll need to be at Chick this year as well. We'll have videos showing for Chick. It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, it's huge. And, you know, they just bring, they headline some of the best bands, like David Crowder, Lecrae, who else? Um, Chris Tomlin, you know, some of the top speakers. And it's, it's recognized as probably one of the best youth camps in the nation as well. Very diverse also. All right, so let's give it up for Peter. Amen. Sarah? Sarah, we're going to finish with Sarah. I know we're getting on time, so Sarah, um, you know, you've got a few minutes, but tell us a little bit from the perspective of a counselor how camp was for you. So I just wrote everything down, so I'm just going to read from it because I tend to be scatterbrained. So I'll just read from it. So, um, so as you know, this past camp was my very first time to attend a summer Mid-South Covenant camp. Um, prior to going, I was pretty nervous because I didn't know what was expected of me as a counselor. And I also started thinking about whether or not it was the best decision for me to go, considering I was starting a new career and moving. Um, nevertheless, I went trusting that these things in my life would somehow get handled. So when I first arrived to camp, the kids were not there yet. They slowly started to trickle in. And based on first impressions, I wondered how some of the kids would get along as they appeared to come from different ethnic and socioeconomic backgrounds. On the first day, I remember going to chapel and seeing the praise team on stage. Um, to be honest, I was wondering who all these people were jumping and dancing like madmen and mad women on stage. And then I realized one person was Pastor Wayne. <laughs> so this is all to say that while I definitely felt uncomfortable jumping, dancing, and being silly, I felt this strong sense of responsibility and ensuring that my cabin kids knew that God deserved to receive our highest praise. So in essence, going outside of my comfort zone on that first day, jumping and dancing like a madwoman myself, um, it really helped free myself from worldly expectations of being put together as an adult. So while I was, up, while I was at camp up until Wednesday, I continued to feel worried about these other things I needed to do outside of camp. I think I even felt a little homesick. However, during the counselor meetings in the morning, I remember Dale, who is the director of the camp, saying that camp was much more real than the so-called real world. That reminder immediately eased my anxieties and framed the way I saw camp. While camp is a week long, it was absolutely amazing to see these relationships form regardless of one's ethnicity and socioeconomic background. In my cabin, I had 11 girls, and I can honest, honestly say that at times I thought, how can this girl understand this other girl's problems when she comes from a privileged background? However, I underestimated the power of Christ and his ability to unite adults and children alike in ways that surpass one's ethnicity and economic background. On Thursday, for example, we were doing our evening devotionals, and one of the suggestions listed was to share a personal testimony. I shared a brief one, um, and then my co-counselor shared one about her friend who had passed away from cancer. All of a sudden, a girl screamed out and started crying, saying how she didn't want her to die. When I asked who she was referring to, she talked about a close family friend who was diagnosed with cancer. All of a sudden, the whole cabin started crying, even the counselors, and we even had to call someone to help some of the girls stop crying. <laughs> 
So while some of the other girls started crying because they had their own personal struggles, many of them, many of them actually cried out of empathy. Um, so it was absolutely beautiful to see how much our girls cared about each other, and I honestly think that camp helped facilitate that. By Friday, I was submerged into camp life. I loved waking up and walking around camp, seeing the different animals roaming freely. I loved the mud that would get stuck on the bottom of my, of my shoes and pants. In essence, I loved the freedom I felt that was so different from the obligations I felt outside of camp. While being a counselor put me in the mindset of leading through modeling, I think at the end I learned so much from my cabin girls and the camp experience. Even if it was for a week, it helped me to reevaluate my priorities. Is this to say that since I came back to camp that I am a changed woman? Absolutely not. And I know people in this room can attest to my struggles, um, for example, in having tunnel vision when it comes to work. But what I can say about my experience at camp is that for a brief moment, it helps you reevaluate the things going on in your life such as your job, such as chores, and how it all compare, pales in comparison to the relationship you have with Christ and with others. The Amen. End. <laughs> Amen. It was really great having you there, Sarah, this year, and seeing Sarah um, kind of like deer in the headlights, <laughs> you know, first few days, and, you know, and myself being too busy to kind of sit, and, and but then... You did just fine by midweek, mm -hmm. and by the end of the week, you were kind of going with the flow, and, and um, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. It really, it really is an experience where we really get a lot more opened up than we typically are comfortable with, right? Yeah, and it feel, I feel like camp kind of normalizes it. Like, I think when we're in this kind of atmosphere, it's easy to be a little closed and be yeah. a little more self-aware. Yeah. Whereas like at camp, and especially around kids, like they remind you that this is not what life is all about. Right. It's about yes. being free and it's about um, worshiping and praising and feeling that sense of like freedom. And it, I, I don't know, it's, it's, it's really different. I think you said it perfectly. The word, it normalizes it. It's it's normal to be free and to worship and to kind of, you know, and for yeah. and to be like children. But we put up these guards. It's Sunday. I'm proper, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think that year after year, it just makes us kind of open up more and more. It's really done that for kids and for adults, right? Yeah. Right. Big hand for Sarah. This has been a Woven Church podcast. Woven Church is a multi-ethnic missional church that meets in West Houston. We invite you to check us out on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. To find out more, visit us online at www.wovenchurch.org. That's www.wovenchurch.org.